0: Hey, this is Matt Franco, and this is Eric Dittleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic.
1: It's
2: only been about a week, but it feels like much, much longer since we've caught up. So much going on over here in Vegas. How about in New York?
0: Same. It seems like it was a very busy week for both of us. Uh, uh, We're on a long week, which means last time we recorded early, so... It feels like it's been forever, but uh, we got a lot to talk about. That's fun. I'm excited. Yeah, and it's episode I'll, 35. 35. I love it. Yeah. I'll, I'll hit a
2: correction right off the top that comes directly from my wife Tiana. Last week, <laughs> I told a story about stepping off stage in the middle of my show, mm-hmm. and her telling me that our like burglar alarm essentially went off. Yeah, I remember. I, and then my recollection of the story is that I just went back on stage and continued the show. Yeah. And she is adamant that that is not what happened at all. <laughs> and that while she knew about the burglar alarm going off, she had the, not wherewithal, but knowledge, uh, peace of mind. I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for, but she knew enough to not tell me about it mid-show.
0: Right. Because And it she would throw claims you off. that it
2: was... <laughs> After the show was over. Okay. Now, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think what it was is after the show, before meet and greet. So, like, I still was in between. I knew I still had to go do something. Right. Um, but she, I, I think, uh, wa- wants people to know. That may have heard that story. That she would never, in a million years, <laughs> tell any performer in the middle of their performance. Someone just broke into your house, potentially.
0: That that is very fair. This sounds like it was a mini fight that happened after the episode. <laughs> yeah, you know, I she no she there was no fight. I don't no, know if don't. I even.
2: Yeah, you know what. I'm just going to assume her memory's correct on yeah. this and go from there.
0: That's probably a good move, yeah. Yeah. But it also explains, like, yeah, because you were telling the story of how, like, you had it in the back of your mind, but were still able just to do the show normally. Now it makes way more sense why you were able to do the show normally. <laughs> <laughs>
2: isn't it embarrassing when two people were both there for a story and you both mm-hmm. have totally different accounts of what happened well that's
0: that, That's just the nature of memory that's the incredible thing and you know especially with all the memory research that I've been doing you find how fallible people's memories are you every time you remember something you're essentially just remembering the last time you told it so it's a game of telephone eventually and that could be so far from the truth of what actually happened and why you have to like corroborate stories like that to be like you you experienced it that Wait, I don't remember that at all.
2: <laughs> right. I
0: have stories from
2: high school where I don't even remember if I was there or not, or if I've just heard the story so many times that like, I just heard about it, you know, and I wasn't even present. Yeah. You have stuff like that too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We had an ongoing um, joke with my high school group of friends where- it was back when that movie Mystery Men came out. Don't even say you didn't see it. I One of my favorites. I can assure you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but the joke was uh, four out of the five friends saw the movie, and the fifth always said he never saw it. And we always like, were, tr- we were almost like gaslighting him, telling him, no, you were there with us. We swear. And he would right. just be like, no, <laughs> I was not. <laughs> so it was just an ongoing thing, and it just became a gag. And then the gag became the real memory, and it was all like, a blend of the two which is crazy <laughs> mm-hmm
2: yeah, yeah. It just makes me like frightened to think about eyewitness accounts of things in courtrooms yeah, yeah.
0: I, I yeah when it gets to the legal thing I mean there's so many psychological studies of just we talk about anchoring as well uh, you know the, the I can't pull up the exact title of the the study but something loftus memory test where just in the way they're describing a car accident affected the witnesses memory of it so if they used a word like you know they they crashed into each other that was like then they had them guess how fast the cars were going that influenced their memory of uh versus if they said like the car's touched each other i'm probably getting this study all wrong but that's what i get the, the spirit of it though yeah you get the spirit of it and that's what the corrections department's for anyway <laughs> so, <laughs> we might as well clear up one correction and just set up a correction for next episode <laughs> <laughs> so drew uh, but you've been super busy you've been at the theater all week huh
2: yeah so we had a, a full week of eight nine hour days at the theater just uh teching away one step at a time. I, um, wow. It's, it's really looking exciting. The production is, it, it's really cool. It's like going to see, you know, going to see the show show before versus going to see it now. I would equate it to like maybe going to see, I don't know, your favorite band or singer from one tour to the next where like the production is just totally different. Yeah. That's what it's like now. Oh, I mean, the theater is just completely upgraded and the new look is so slick and modern and it just nothing else in Vegas looks like it. And I mean that it's just, uh, it's so fresh and, and awesome. So uh, we have an amazing team working on it. The reason I have a little bit of a break this week is because the folks, the amazing, uh, creative team I'm collaborating with on it, had to leave town to go work on a small little, um, a small little tv show called American Idol. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> uh,
0: I think I've heard of that one. <laughs> Have you heard of that? Yeah, it's Yeah, small, so they're going to be it's, it's working building on an
2: that. Audience. <laughs> And then uh, you know, they were going to prioritize me, but I said, "You know what? Go work on that Idol thing when yeah. you get a chance, come back and we'll finish things up." So when they're done over there, they'll come back and finish things up. Now, did you And make of course, them, I'm being facetious there.
0: Did they make? did you make them call you the real American Idol the whole time? <laughs>
2: Like, what, is, is that a reference to something? no
0: just to to the show but you just i'm I'm making a joke that you're so egotistical in, uh, oh. in, in, in no, I'm just kidding um, well let
2: me give it let me give I'm you the a, real uh,
0: American idol you have to work for me not this other show
2: <laughs> you just reminded me of two things yeah number one have you ever had someone like, uh, approach you because of America's Got Talent, but, like, get the show wrong. Be like, I loved you on The Voice or something.
0: Yeah. No, they've actually said American Idol, and I was like, that, or American Idol. that yeah. is a singing show. I did not <laughs> go on that show to sing. No, I was on a different show with America in the title. Right, right. I so they didn't reading. think you were a
2: singer, though. They just got the title wrong.
0: Yeah, but you'd be like, okay. man, that I would have been, would have done very poorly on American Idol with a mind-reading act. <laughs> they would have been right. so confused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, cause I've definitely experienced my share of that too, but you mentioned yeah. the word ego and we've talked a lot about fame in like the past couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is kind of funny, um, spending eight or nine hours a day. And, and, and frankly, I don't, I'm not necess- it's not necessary that I'm there the whole day. I just sure. enjoy sort of being hands on involved in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 You know, I'm very passionate about my work as just like you are, you know, so I I like to be involved kind of every step of the way. And I I think details matter. So I'm spending eight or nine hours uh, in the theater. We're doing testing of the theater for covid, by the way, Mm -hmm. on site, uh, like the same test they use in the NBA. Everything is like as uh tight as it can be and the safety precautions just want to throw that in there which is really great to see Mm -hmm. um with our awesome partners at caesar's entertainment but spending that long in the theater each day when it came time to have lunch i just wanted to get outside
0: yeah
2: Yeah. you know and and in many cases just sit be by myself Mm -hmm. um so do you
0: think that's a result of being quarantined for so long you're like i just need my alone time (laughs) it was it
2: it was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Less about being alone, more about like getting some vitamin D. Sure,
0: yeah, and fresh so, air and all that.
2: yeah. And I was bringing lunches with me, you know, just a little bag lunch, a little sandwich or whatever. So I kind of just needed to find a place to like sit. And rather than sit inside in my dressing room, I want to be outside. And I can't sit at a restaurant when you bring your own food. Right. But I did find a little table like uh, at on the promenade, the Link promenade, which is just outside of the Link, in between the Flamingo and the Link. So I sat down there each day for about 45 minutes, watching people pass by, eating my sandwich.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, uh, I'm building this up as if it has a huge punchline. It really no. doesn't, but I do think <laughs> it's funny. Uh, occasionally, people would come over and, and recognize I was sitting there and ask for a picture. However, right. I would say there was an equal number of people that would approach and ask me to just take a picture of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's always the best. <laughs> I had that joke uh, right after when I was on AGT, I think. I started doing some stand-up about how, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny being recognized, but it's such a blow to the ego when you're, like, walking around New York and they stop you and go, can I get a picture? And then they hand you the camera <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: I mean, at this point over the past five, six years, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm just ready for either one i never yeah. know which it is because it really is about it's about the same it's like yeah you, you never know i don't know if i'm taking the camera or if i'm standing in front of it you now, just never know so if, let's that's where i'm at
0: now if you're <laughs> on the link promenade i think the best move in that situation should be like oh let me move you a little bit uh i think you want to get that matt franco sign in the background (laughs) (laughs) as you take the photo (laughs) be like there you go have a good day
2: (laughs) at this point i'm just so thrilled for any human interaction any at all
0: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah come back when you're in town when uh, the matt franco show is open and maybe see (laughs) see it that's that's really really funny um i want to get back into the whole uh tech week or tech week you've had uh of just kind of laying out because i think we have listeners who aren't familiar with teching a huge production show like you're saying eight hours a day what happens in that eight hour day like what like give me like a walkthrough from morning to evening uh
2: a lot of sitting and waiting for things to happen Mm -hmm. uh the lighting designer will say all right we're not using these 40 lights anymore and then a couple hours each day will literally be spent with crew members Going up on scissor lifts up to the ceiling, taking those down, rehanging things in other places, programming, moving automation elements. Uh, I don't know if it's fair to call it a huge show, because in Vegas we do have things like Cirque du Soleil, which are not even close to a comparable scale because they're so extravagant. Yeah. Um, but certainly production-wise, somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you have uh, moving screens. That's a whole ordeal in itself to yeah. automate those and move them around to where they go, which is pretty pretty snazzy.
2: It's high tech. It's probably an 8,000-pound rig. It's not just something you pull on a traditional theater rail, right. like right. things that go up and down on the rail or travelers and things like that. So, yeah, there's automation. So all of those cues need to get programmed. Um We got rid of our media servers Mm -hmm. and they're replaced with better ones, which is really cool.
0: Um, Now, is that just like a file transfer thing where you gotta take all your video assets and put them into the new boards and servers and stuff? You have
2: to re tech everything from scratch when you do Mm. it. Also, all the video assets, essentially, all like the content is gone and upgraded now. Gotcha. Which is really cool, too. Cool.
0: Yeah. Nice. And I know you posted a photo of you and the crew on uh, your Facebook, and I think we shared it on our our pages as well. Uh, so you could get a little sneak peek of what the work you've been doing and all the people that are involved in, in making this possible, which is really fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy when I look at the photo to see how many people are actually involved Yeah, for like <laughs> what the show actually looks like. But it's it's going to be colorful and fun. We have like pro, a lot of projector stuff happening to contribute to the ambience now. Whereas mm-hmm. before we had projectors that were only being used in the first two minutes of the show. So if you'd walked in ninety seconds late, you'd you'd miss it. And now we we're using them in such a way that's ambient and can be used throughout. So lots of cool aesthetic things to complement the magic. I'm very I'm so excited for you to see it.
0: Yeah, I am really excited. when When you open things up and the world's a little bit back to normal, I'll definitely have to make a trip uh, to see the show. Um, do you think I can get tickets?
2: I think I should be able to to get you tickets maybe, like, you know, once we're allowed to sell more than 15 for social distancing.
0: (laughs) I have fond memories of when you were first starting the show and me going up to, like, the secret balcony area where you do your meet and greets and watching the show from up there and just seeing the whole audience below me and, like making little notes of things that I was like, oh, you know, fix this little magical thing. Because again, mm-hmm. you were just adjusting to uh, the big stage. So that was a treat. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, maybe I'll watch the show from up there again and just see, so. Uh, <laughs> it is fun. fun. Like you yeah. can
2: see the audience's heads move all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when they all laugh simultaneously or all do, it's it's really interesting seeing the similarities and how people react when they're all experiencing you know, the same content at the same time.
0: Yeah, I think I just like the VIP treatment because it's like the closest thing to like a box seat in your theater. (laughs) It is. I can get you up there anytime you want. Yeah. (laughs) So good. So good. Well, that's exciting news. I'm really excited to see how it's all coming along. And like we said with that photo, the number of people that are involved, you don't really realize that when you see a show, especially when it's a solo performer. So people just think it's you on stage because that's what they're watching the show for. But there's so many people behind the scenes. And it's like so thankful for, you know, when you have a team that so coalesces together like that uh, to bring uh, bring about uh, an amazing product.
2: Uh, look, I'm nervous. We're all working so hard. I just hope I hope it comes out really, really nice and that and that, that people enjoy it. So we'll uh, we'll keep going. And the million dollar question is, of course, when are we opening and um, stay tuned? We're, we're working on it, but we're, we're trying to get things ready to go as soon as we can. Um, and an announcement will be coming in the near future in the next. Who knows, maybe even in the next episode or two. Or three.
0: Ooh. Tease it, tease it, Matt. <laughs> What's up with you? You said you had a busy week too. I did have a busy week. A lot of virtual events, uh, some in-person stuff. I had my uh, my NACA conference. That's all virtual. The National Association of Campus Activities, uh, and this is like their replacement for their um, the national conference. Which uh, yeah, it's just it's crazy. A year ago, we were live in person in Denver, and uh, you know. In the trade show and watching the showcases and exploring the city of Denver, and then like now it's just you sit in front of your computer, <laughs> and it's 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 very strange. I mean, I I d- decided not to showcase this e- the for the virtual one because there's a rule in NACA if you showcase you can't do two consecutive years. I'm not not sure if that's entirely the case with this virtual setup, but I was like I just didn't want to limit myself for the following year if I showcase there. You know, have I mm-hmm. wanted to still have a chance to do that. But I I mostly just popped into my agency's booth, which was a Zoom room with uh, you know, all the other acts that uh she represents. And uh, you know, just students and schools and advisors would pop into the Zoom and if they'd have questions about some of the acts that did showcase or we'd do our own little mini showcase in the in the Zoom and, you know, do a little demo of my virtual show and uh I went to 3 out of the 4 days of that and, you know, if anything comes from that, that's good, but it's all kind of just putting in that interest or like that awareness that you have something to offer and the way our agency works well and we were the same way when me and you did an agency was like if one gets a gig then you know you have an in and then you can kind of pitch the other acts as well Mm -hmm. and maybe they'll bring you so uh you know I have utter faith in my agent and she's awesome so I was just happy to be there and Remind everyone that I existed and show well, keep a little a bit. presence. Keep a presence, exactly. Keep a presence. So,
2: well, just to give some context uh, for what you're saying, and I know we've talked a little bit about it before, and hopefully, our friends that are also working the college market don't mind us talking about it because these are some pretty serious tips. Yeah. Uh, but NACA is uh it's essentially an organization that connects college entertainment with college buyers. Right. So when you're talking about, you know, normally it's an in-person event where you c- where performers and vendors of different kinds can get work for the lack of a better word. Um, and now it's happening virtually. Just to put context to what you mean by all of that um i know it makes sense to me but it might sound a little bit coded
0: yeah and it's one of those things too if you are a a magician mentalist or just general performer interested in that market you know it is a lot of work to because it's like most businesses it's a relationship business first And, and sometimes we have stories of friends who entered and didn't book a single gig for two years And it was all about building up that relationship and suddenly they'll get a showcase and, you know, it could go really well and they book a lot of gigs and some some showcases, not so much. Especially with so much of that market being saturated by similar acts, it's really hard to stand out. You know, and that goes back to... (laughs) quote my origin story of why, you know, I did AGT was to get that credit to stand out. and mm-hmm. you know it's it's all it's 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 very difficult. Uh, but uh, you know, if you think you can make a mark, you know, we encourage anyone because there's always room for good uh, talent, you know, and I good, love that. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> i'll I'll say this. I'll, if you're a comedian, magician, singer, songwriter, poet, you can make a phenomenal living working the college circuit through organizations like NACA. Um, but it's really not where you want to start
0: mm, yeah
2: you, you want to have experience going chops. into it already professionally you don't want mm-hmm. to um, that to be your sort of first rodeo it's, you want to make sure that you're sort of establish a comfort level as a professional business before you kind of enter that arena at least that would be my advice yeah I
0: agree I agree
2: so otherwise it's an investment lost
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and it is a lot of money too especially when you don't if you're self-repped uh, like I was was starting out and when we were doing it together uh, kind of doing our own agency those booth fees and the national membership those add mm-hmm. up. So uh, some people do that just to meet an agent, and then eventually get with that agent. Where a lot of that's kind of covered, and then you're still paying even with your with your agency because you gotta, you know, go to the conferences, pay the day pass, booth demo fees, showcase fees. There's a lot of extra costs that don't seem apparent at the time. How do you suggest
2: that people deal? Just in case there are performers listening, how do you suggest people deal with the catch twenty two of if your act isn't popular enough, well known enough, or established enough, you can't get an agent.
0: You're right, right? And if but, you don't have an agent, you can't get the notoriety. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of. Back yeah, and, and if forth. you don't
2: have an agent, you can't get established. How do you deal with that? How would you suggest others? I mean, it's different for everybody, but deal with that catch twenty two.
0: Well, I think it's it's the same for advice when we were talking about AGT or anything like that. Like you just said. You just do the work, and you do as many shows as possible, and you get the experience, and then you polish that act. So it, it's, it reminds me of the Steve Martin quote from his book: "Is uh, be so good that they can't uh, um, they can't uh, ignore you." Ignore uh, you? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost the words for a second there. Mm-hmm. Uh, be mm-hmm. so good they can't ignore you, because that's really the goal. Once you're established and good, like people will take notice. So I think that should be the first goal. And then, and then it's all marketing at that point, right? You know, you're, you could have the best act and just no one knows you in that market, so you have to make them know you. So right. that's the relationship building part. And you could do relationship building with other agents and meet agents that way as well. That might be the toughest
2: phase in a, in a performer's career is that weird time of like trying to get established Mm-hmm. you know but also not being able to get an agent because you're not established right
0: like yeah yeah and i think i think the 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 pitfall is if you're doing the same types of shows in the same area how are you going to expand so new people see you that's why i recommend doing all sorts of gigs when i was starting out i was doing a lot of comedy clubs and i was a rarity doing a mentalism act when it was surrounded by comedians, but it was all these people that weren't in the magic world seeing me. So it was, they took notice of the differences rather than if I was only doing shows for one magic organization or whatever like that. Um, So I think spreading yourself out to try different things is a good way to get yourself known.
2: How did you get connected with your very first agent?
0: Uh, That was through a contact contact. From uh, up in the Syracuse area, I had met I met them through a magic club, actually. But it was okay. after I had left that area I contacted them. When I real I knew they were already in the the college world, and I just reached out. I said I think I want to approach this. They already had I already had a relationship with the person, so it was an easy in.
2: But again, agents weren't chasing you down at that time. You reached right. out to them. They probably mm. might have not been the only agent you had reached out to
0: uh they might have been actually at the time you just struck gold on the first go (laughs) yeah yeah because I was also something i had to convince them they were mostly in like a novelty company so they're doing a lot of inflatables and that kind of stuff they didn't have a lot of live performers and i remember pushing them to you know accept me as a live performer because i knew that was an option to sell for this market and i was like i could be that for you and i'll fly around and travel around and you know Then I eventually, you know, landed the TV show and needed to go national. So,
2: so juxtaposing your approach with mine, you had reached out to someone that you had a contact with and mine was just, well, let me just see how far I can do it myself. And just was self-repped, which allowed me to not have to pay, you know, an agent fee at 20 percent or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um, was at the time and eventually was able to establish a little bit in that market and then had agents, you know, reaching out to us at that point. So there are a lot of different ways to go about it. Those are just our two stories, but right. I bet you, if you asked each performer, they probably have a little bit of a different answer on how they got connected with their very first agent.
0: And, it, and it's also one of those things in showbiz is you can always tell your path the way you took it. But once that path is kind of taken, like the 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 trail has been blazed, but it's also kind of ruined. Like that option's sometimes no longer available anymore because you right. found a unique approach to to get there. So you kind of have to be creative and find your own way uh, throughout. And you can't just follow the footsteps of someone else who did it exactly the same way. Hustle, 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 hustle.
2: Uh, Did you, uh, did you end up getting your photo shoot going this week?
0: I did. Uh, yeah, that was the one reason I missed the day of, uh, NACO was because I was doing my photo shoot, which ties right into my goals. That was one of them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a blast. I, I sought out one of my favorite photographers and we, you know, made the appointment. Um, uh, Mindy Tucker, I'll just throw her out. If you're in the New York area, she photographs a lot of comedians. So I like having that foot in that world. And um, she does all these amazing projects where she, you know, back when gigs were happening, she would go to live comedy events and take photos of comedians. uh, And then she'd put together like a year in comedy board of all these professional shots of just like names, like any big comedy name in New York. She's taken a photo of and she was even telling me how she's now going back through our old archives and seeing like all these people who were like babies starting out in comedy that are now like huge names of like a young Mulaney at the time or Pete Holmes or all these other guys that are in are, and, and female comedians that are just, huge and she's just like no one knew at the time it's just they were doing the work exactly what we're talking about they were right <laughs> they were just doing as many shows and she was just logging it and um but she does a uh, uh she does a great studio work she has her own studio now in brooklyn and uh since since i first yeah when i first moved to the city i got my shots with her and now it's like seven years later and i was like great she's she's evolved even more as a photographer and i uh, it was really, really fun experience. You know, we did it safely. She was masked up the whole time. You know, I obviously wasn't wearing a mask for the photos, but every other time uh, yeah. I was. And uh, I really got some good shots out of it, uh, some that I'll definitely use. Uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you, because I know you've done photo shoots, too, is I, I just find myself uh, having a hard time because I don't have a ton of experience posing of, like, what do I do with my face? What do I do with my hands? Because there's only so many things you could do, I think. So I kept like doing the same things over and over again, and just feel like awkward. Like, do my hands point up to the left? What do I do? Do they stay <laughs> down to the side? Pockets? Am I looking forward or up or side? Do I smile or not? You know, there's only so many things. And do you like practice looks beforehand? Is that how you get good at modeling? I don't know. What, what was what's your experience with it? i feel like i'm equally bad at it
2: (laughs) i'm like where do i put my hands i feel like every time i do pick a pose pointing at the camera thumbs up like hand out i'm like oh this is so corny oh this is gonna look so stupid Uh you know but like when you do look at the photos a lot of times the ones that do have some movement look better it just depends what you're looking for like in that whatever your key art is going to be. Like if you kind of have in your head what you want it to look like, it might make it a little bit easier. Um, I found a photo recently, uh, for that could potentially be used for the new marketing so I might not even need to do another photo shoot
0: it's like much newer (laughs) than
2: the previous photo but like not super super current but like I think I still look like it
0: yeah (laughs) so I was
2: like wow I might not even have to do another shoot because if I were to do another shoot I would just be trying to duplicate that photo what's the point
0: I know yeah Uh, I know what you mean you have a vision of what you want in your mind and like that's that's what I was debating too is like how much do I try and pre-plan especially since I knew a lot of these photos were going to be use for the website that i'm building too so it's like i have an idea of that but i don't want to just like do 50 shots of me trying to nail that one pose i'm going for in my mind because then you you basically got 50 photos and you're only going to use one and the 49 are just like garbage because you don't want to repeat that pose again (laughs) so there's that balance of like how much do you pre-plan with in your mind or do you just do it in the moment too
2: now, I, I do think like, quote unquote, modeling, whatever you want to call it in front of a camera for photos looks a lot easier than it is like yeah. kind of like acting does too And the, the one example I could give is I recall being on the set of America's Got Talent. And this is when Tyra Banks was the host.
0: So she, that's her world yes yeah
2: <laughs> and we were doing some sort of social media bit backstage before i did a, a performance and i i they must have been asking tyra and i to do something together like a boomerang or something mm-hmm. and then right after we finished up uh, sh- they asked her to like just do some photos for social media and it was like she became another person at the drop of a hat. It was like somebody pushed a button. And all of a sudden, like the way I remember it, which we know is flawed, but the way (laughs) I remember it was like all of a sudden her outfit changed, her posture changed, and there was wind blowing her hair. And it was like I was looking at the cover of a magazine. Like she went from a regular person... To falling off of the cover of Cosmo instantly, (laughs) like there was that was like real. I could see the talent. It was really crazy because I'd never seen something like that before.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was funny because I saw a similar approach with like when Nick Cannon was hosting on my season. Yes,
2: and he's a killer host. And
0: he's a great host, but he also knew how to like turn it off when the cameras weren't on him to save his energy. And then as soon as that camera was on him, he would come to life and he was like so energetic and alive. And then just as soon as it was done, he'd be like. To like just subdued sleepwalking, yeah, pretty much
2: sleepwalking, and then and then it's turned. I mean, but then when he turns it on, like he's up there with the likes of Ryan Seacrest, it's like
0: unbelievable, yeah, it's really an amazing skill. And I guess, I guess you got to do it for your own personal, like health benefits, you know, because it is exerting a lot of energy. But the the fact that they could just get into that mode automatically, it's yeah, it's just years of practice, that's what it is.
2: Uh, what is your, like, do you have any sort of before, like, live shows, like a, do you have to ever do any sort of, like, run through at all, or are you just set up and go at this point?
0: I just set up and go. I'm usually okay. pretty subdued in the back. Um, I usually pace around. <laughs> I still do that. Just, uh, it's just one of those things. But, um, no, like, I'm trying to think. It's been so long since I've done live shows, still. <laughs> but... Uh, I- but, yeah, I, I mean, I try to get at least a little, like, energy up before I walk on stage so there's a little pep in my step as I'm walking to that center mic. Uh, but other than that, no, I don't really have a pre-show ritual. It's more about the music choice. I keep making this joke as I go, that pre-show music isn't for the audience. It's to get me pumped up. So, you know, i right. I'm singing along with the Taylor Swift goat song just as much as the audience still does. <laughs> right. Well, when I do
2: run-throughs or rehearsals of any kind, I still find myself having to put a certain amount of energy into it for it to feel right and to get the timing right. Like Unlike what, what you described Nick Cannon to be doing. And then there was there was one event I did at one point um, where there were some musicians, and I, I her name escapes me right now, which is – pretty famous um, young singer and I just can't think of her name right this second. Is it Denzel um,
0: Washington? No, not Denzel <laughs> Washington.
2: I think she had blonde hair at the time, but it's darker now. Anyway, I I just Someone can't. Someone
0: just as famous though. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, not, no, no, but definitely a, a famous person. And young, you know, uh, um, I guess Gen Z? Is that maybe what the generation would be? Yeah, maybe. Okay. That's like below millennial, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, her rehearsal was like, singing into the microphone while scrolling through facebook like our instagram (laughs) you know just looking at her phone barely singing into the microphone and like that was the sound check it was like i just can't do that
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know yeah that's weird yeah i think for rehearsals you do want to that is important you got to add that um, energy into it so it's like a real show so that you get an accurate uh description or depiction of what you're being what you'd be doing, but like, so especially if you have a director, so that they can see and make changes or you know, the lighting and it's all gonna flow. If you're just marking through the steps, it's not gonna be the same timing, it's not gonna be the same as a live performance. Yep, so, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably send you the photos Matt, offline so you could take a look as well. I already have some of my top looks uh and uh just going through the retouching phase and should have those back in a few weeks and then uh you know just start start on the website you don't
2: pop on any makeup for these shoots a little bit little yeah, tiny okay, bit good, good. Yeah, you should you should of course. just for shine and everything
0: that's yeah that's the key in you know for tv too it's all part of the process and you want to look good but you know do you know how to do it I mean, I've known enough since you know I did community theater when I was little. So I and did, they teach you that. I mean, they don't teach you. You kind of learn as you go, and okay. you do your own makeup. Well, if, usually they had to, like a makeup person, but eventually, as you go, you can do your own like basic, uh, you mm-hmm. know, stage mm-hmm. makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just a you know the sheen, like you're saying, and just to look a little bit better. The beauty thing with photos is you know you want to get it mostly in camera, but. Photoshop does exist, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so totally. you can do little little blemish touch-ups and stuff like that. So of course, uh, yeah, they make you all look good. Although I had a experience once uh, with another photographer where the photos came back, and after they were retouched, it was just like one of those obnoxious Inst- Instagram filters where it's just like you don't have any features it's just like a, a no blur. blurs yeah <laughs> yeah so i was like all right <laughs> i may have to redo that one but uh
2: yeah i've seen some photos that don't even look like me because the photographer just has a field day you know yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's like that uh that painting this is a while ago it was like what was it like a jesus painting and they like did a retouch of it and they just basically washed over the entire face <laughs> and drew a new face on <laughs> It was like look like a like a child did it <laughs> I feel like sometimes that's that's when you add too much Photoshop retouching it Are you aware like
2: of what airbrushing is not not on a photo but in real life makeup. yeah
0: yeah okay oh, have you done it uh, I have not I, I okay. was a big fan of the uh, show Face off on Sci-fi where they do like oh. the movie magic makeup stuff so there's a lot of airbrushing yeah. there
2: I'm not like a huge fan of it because I prefer like a more natural yeah. look. Yeah, but it's pretty insane. I've only been in situations a couple of times where like that's what they use, you know, for different shoots or television and things. And it's like, yeah, it just yeah, it just makes it makes every blemish disappear. Any Mm -hmm. any it's Anything also the, of your actual face
0: it's also the thing they do for those street artists where they're like just spray painting with airbrush of like shirts with logos too it's like the how, same how, same tool how, right
2: yeah how would you describe what it is it's like they basically just spray paint your face with flesh color yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little like gun that has air and it just shoots the paint yeah 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 makeup so, but uh and there you have it yeah uh, I also did something interesting um, that's way up more, my alley. I don't know if you would have as much fun at the NYPP. Was the first time I was able to uh, attend, which is the New York Puzzle Party. Uh, I've been uh, invited to go in person for a long time, but just due to travel schedules, uh, I've never been able to go. But because it was on Zoom, um, you know, happening virtually, I got to meet all these amazing puzzlers in New York City. And it's a smaller contingency. There's a larger uh, one, the IPP, the International Puzzle Party, and it also ties into a little bit of the uh, the gathering for Gardner, based off of Martin Gardner, who you must know that name because he's involved in the magic community as well. Yeah,
2: I have a book. It's called like Impromptu Magic by Martin Gardner, something like that. The
0: orange one up on my shelf. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Martin Gardner mathematician uh but also mag inter- interested in magic and puzzles so there is an overlap between the communities in fact i met a couple magicians that uh were part of the new york puzzle party as well but i found it fascinating they kind of break off into um like little groups so you can discuss certain elements of puzzles that interest you whether they be like mechanical puzzles or math puzzles or Our room tended to be a little bit more about magic, I guess, since it was my first time and meeting all the magicians a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, they also do presentations, which I found fascinating. So one guy went through and just told all the the best, you know, iOS puzzle games he found and gave recommendations, which were fun. I downloaded a bunch of those uh, just to keep me busy in my downtime. Uh, another one went through the game theory he discovered while playing the uh, the PlayStation game, or I guess it's not just on PlayStation, but uh, Fall Guys is a battle royale kind of obstacle course where you're controlling these little minion people, uh, and some of the games lend themselves to game theory. So he's breaking that down and talking about how he like won 300 games in a row <laughs> and stuff wow. like that, which is great. Uh, but then uh, another one was uh, you know those classic sliding puzzles. Where it's like 15, uh, 15 numbers, and you, you yeah make the them small all up. toy yeah it's like yeah. a small toy you you're sliding the numbers around you're trying to get them in order. Uh, I there, can never do those. Those are hard. But there was a puzzle that was proposed if you could solve it with the fifteen and fourteen uh, swapped, which is impossible because of the way those are are made. You have to do an even number of slides, so you can never like flip those last two numbers. So this guy took it upon himself, and I apologize, I I didn't write down everyone's names, uh, but a very math-based formula to figure it out. So he actually ended up taking this uh, 15 puzzle and wrapping it around a a cylinder, so it kind of looked like a cannoli. Uh, where the top left corner and the bottom right corner actually connected so you were able to slide between those wrapped around the cylinder. And then you could make an odd number of moves and be able to solve it with that 14 and 15 swapped, which was really crazy, just the way some of these people think and approach problems. And it's like something that I'm definitely going to be revisiting because of that creativity. And just seeing the overlap between the magic and puzzle communities of like, yeah, it's a bunch of old old guy old white guys and, uh, you know talking about math and nerding out about things it's uh it's uh, it's very very funny to see uh the parallels between those communities
2: what about crossword puzzles you get into those
0: i like crosswords i do the daily in new york times uh, and you
2: can actually do them like the whole thing sometimes
0: yeah some are a little bit harder than others and i don't necessarily do it in the amount of allotted time uh, right know, i didn't
2: hit. even know there was an allotment of time
0: well it's just if you want to keep your streak record going you guys for me for me there's an allotment of
2: how many things i can google
0: (laughs) (laughs) well just stick with the monday puzzles as you slowly get better graduate to tuesday because they're based off of the day of the week and the difficulty did you know that
2: no, I had no idea. So they get more <laughs> difficult as the week goes on? Yeah, so Monday's uh-huh. the
0: easiest and Sunday's the hardest. Or, Well, actually, the, Sunday's the biggest, not necessarily the hardest, because there's other days of the week where they do like tricky like um, uh, things with the puzzle. Like there might be a word game or there might be some sort of rebus thing where you m- put more than one letter into a box just to like, you know, because people get creative with these crossword puzzles. But I, I love I love puzzles, man. And you know what I also love? Riddles. Diddle me this. <laughs> Diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. I've got a riddle for you. Let's and, hear it. Um, this is a short one. I don't think I've done this one. Uh, but uh, here it is. Poor people have it. Rich people need it. If you eat it, you die. What is it? These are all starting to sound familiar to me. <laughs> are you sure we didn't do this one? Maybe we did. I don't think I I I tried to make a note of the ones we did and didn't do, but I don't think so. It we might have had something similar.
2: Poor people have it, rich people need it, and if you eat it, you die. Yeah. Got it. Got it.
0: Wait. Okay. What is it?
2: You want me to you want me to just reveal it right now for Yeah. Those who might be trying to solve it?
0: Yeah, I think we gave them a time.
2: The first letter is an N. Yes. The answer is nothing.
0: That is correct. Uh, yeah, I don't think we've done that, but if we have, uh, you nailed it. Either way. <laughs> 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 uh, I just bought a big riddle book, too, so I have a lot more coming. I was reaching the end of the batch of the my initial set of riddles that I've discovered, so... Uh, I'm excited to uh, open, Crack open some of my riddle books I got to, to see if we could find Some more challenging Since you're getting so good at them Matt Beautiful And I'll maybe it's it. just because you've heard them Because I did them on an earlier episode <laughs> <laughs> Right
2: like 20 weeks ago Alright let's cash in on some trivia here
0: Matt picks up the question Then he stares at it Eric's at the ready Time to use his wit Pressure, pressure, pressure Trivia,
1: pressure trivia time.
2: i'm excited that right about the time this episode comes out coming to america the Com- sequel
0: coming to america
2: did i not say coming to america no no
0: no i was just trying to differentiate because the original is called coming to america and the new oh. one's called coming to like the number two america
2: gotcha so yeah. it's a sequel slash revival and I wanted to throw you a little Coming to America themed trivia today, which okay. was difficult because I found that most of it seemed to either be too difficult or too easy. Sure. But I just enjoy this one. Now,
0: so. I have a question. Have you seen Coming to America? Many times.
2: Oh, wow. I'm surprised. Good, good, big, good. Big fan of Coming to America.
0: Now, this was a recent pop culture blind spot I filled in because I had never seen the original. What? yeah I know, but I recently watched it so what is I recent good. like within the past couple weeks oh my God I'm <laughs> shocked yeah well, it's one of those things is I think you know because of the r rated nature, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch it growing up and that was just one of those things that fell through through the back burner but uh you, you know, you've finally... kept this
2: as like a a, a secret <laughs> I'm not saying you lied to me about it, but like you purposely didn't mention you'd never seen it. Yes. When I when I did Steve Harvey, the theme episode that was themed "Coming to America," and I had to dress up as a, uh, an employee of McDowell's. Not one time did you say, "Bet I've never seen that movie." No, never.
0: Well, I, I usually with a lot of the things I haven't seen, I understand all the references because I'm just in the pop culture world. So I knew that was from "Coming from America," "Coming to America."
2: Wow. All right. So this might be a good question for you if you just watched the movie.
0: Yeah. Let's try it. All right. <laughs> That's why I should have saved this information until after the question, so I could have been like, "Bam, I knew that," and then it'd be like, "I just saw it." <laughs> what does Akeem falsely
2: tell Lisa that he does for work back in Zamunda?
0: Oh, this I remember the scene. They're at dinner. That's correct. Um, and he, ooh, he, well, he she's sh- shocked because he his job at mcdowell's is like just cleaning up and janitorial stuff uh do i get choices or no
2: you do um okay you do yeah it's also it's referenced later on in the movie as well just, just an, as a i have hint. an
0: initial thought but i just want to i want to get the choices just to see
2: you don't want to even take a stab at what you thought at all no, not no, as no. a not as a locked in answer but just to let me know what you're thinking
0: I feel like it's like doctor or something, but uh, okay. Go okay.
2: On. I will give you the choices. That's uh, I. Okay. Here are the choices. Economics professor. Mm-hmm. Royal prince. Right. Goat herder.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Medical doctor.
0: I remember it now. Uh, it's definitely not Prince. Cause spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, she's <laughs> quite shocked when he, she finds out he's a prince. Um, It was a goat herder. I know that for a fact. Yeah, and I
2: didn't put medical doctor. That was an actual choice in the trivia.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I figured because it's usually one of those stories where, you know, uh, a lot of people say, like, I'm a doctor back in my country. It's like kind of that stereotype where they have to start over when they come to America. But so, Mm so that's probably why it was in my head. Uh but uh yeah, I definitely remember him saying goat herder and going on a whole riff on goat herding. <laughs> I loved
2: I, I loved that question because that line always made me laugh. What do you do back in Zamunda? Uh goat herding.
0: Yeah. 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 What a great movie. Uh, I yeah. just found out a recent fact and this was going through the news because of the, the sequel coming out was uh some of the interviews they did, they cast Louis Anderson uh just because the studio wanted like a white person on the cast. Like this was back wow. in the eighties, you know, wow. when they still were kind of uh i guess pushing back against an all-black cast uh but they were just like all right who's the funniest white guy we know and they put louis anderson in so i don't is do we know if he's in the new version i I hope he he is is. i think he is yeah i think he's coming back so fun fact to check it out i
2: have occasionally passed by louis anderson at the supermarket
0: very good. I met him on a plane. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he lives
2: here in Vegas, but he's on the other side of town, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know uh, past guest of ours, Jacob Williams, did his comedy club when he had his oh, club yeah. in Vegas a bunch. So, yeah. Yep. Still around. So good. So good. Another,
2: another fun fact is that they filmed, like the McDowell's was actually like a uh, Wendy's that was right. closed These for films. renovation. Mm-hmm. And when they put up the big golden arcs, a manager from McDonald's sorry a manager from McDonald's came even though they had all the permissions it didn't trickle down to the regional right. managers and whatnot right. actually came and threatened that they were going to get sued for everything they were worth
0: which is why they essentially added that storyline in from the photographer taking photos of the of, of their restaurant uh yeah right is very very funny oh what a great mm-hmm. movie so good uh yeah what else is going on matt
2: Well, I don't know. Do we have anything for the mailbag this week? Can we maybe dive into something from there?
0: Uh, Let's see here. We have one from Jesse. Hi, Matt and Eric. I am one and a half episodes away from completely catching up with your podcast. I absolutely love the podcast. It came from another podcast that recommended you. We appreciate that. Uh, I know you you all talk about death a lot in recent episodes. (laughs) Uh, which I think we do, did we? Or at least the celebrities that were passing away. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a reference yeah. to
2: like Mark Wilson, Siegfried, yeah, and right, 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 right. Yeah, all so in I know, a row, kind of.
0: I know you all talk about death in your recent episodes and they are tragic, but did you hear about Daft Punk retiring? In two days, 20 minute million views, and yes, it's confirmed. After 28 years, Daft Punk is calling it quits. Wow, I figured a guy in a mask would continue for an infinite amount of time. But seriously, thank you for what you do. I hope you start a Patreon or merch. Uh, some means of financially supporting to keep this amazing podcast going. Eric, the Mind Trap board game is all you need for 500 plus riddles, of varying difficulty for Matt. I picked this up years ago and have a distorted view of riddles ever since. So I might have to check out Mind Trap. Uh, Why is it
2: a distorted view of riddles?
0: I think it's just because they can solve these riddles now because they have so much experience like how you're getting how you're getting better and better with riddles the more you see them so if you do 500 plus riddles you become a riddle expert i think or at least know the thinking behind them Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, there's a hundred trivia board games for Eric that'll save you from outsourcing and googling questions. Fair point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more than happy to purchase some samples for you to help support by any means and help support the podcast. Just let me know wow. how I can help. Thank you for all that you do, Jesse. Thank you. I appreciate no, that.
1: Yeah,
2: thank you, Jesse. Uh, yeah, that what a what a nice note.
0: That was a very nice note. Um, and uh, I love that. Yeah, very seemed very con concerned about Daft Punk retiring. Um,
2: now, what is your experience with Daft Punk? What is your knowledge base on Daft Punk?
0: I know they wear helmets, and they have that uh, Better, Faster, Stronger song. Is okay. that the name of it? <laughs> I probably have the I wrong I think order. I know
2: the one you're referring
0: to. And I know some of their music that they put out. Okay. But it's a good point. Yeah, someone wearing a mask doesn't seem to be need to retire. I mean, they could just recast who's under those helmets, right? And they could still go. <laughs> Ooh, no I feel one like knows. there might be an ethical issue there though <laughs> I know, I know, of course there right? is Right? Yeah <laughs> um,
2: I You know, I feel like someone at the theater this week Like referenced it and that's how I heard about it um, But I kind of didn't get the reference Because I didn't, I, I'm not sure if I really even knew About the retirement Is this like a real retirement Or is this like when Gronk retired And now he just plays in the Super Bowl again this year
0: uh, I think in terms of all these retirements It's real until they unretire, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, like what is he
2: retiring from? Creating music, like touring, like what like well, do you just two, stop creating?
0: It's two of them though, right? So if they just split and don't decide to work together or whatever differences they had, you know, aren't reconcilable, then I could understand them going separate ways and it not coming back.
2: Okay, so maybe they'll still continue creating but like working separately?
0: Yeah. Or mm-hmm. maybe just go on to different projects. It's interesting too because we were talking about in Clubhouse how like Dead Mouse keeps popping up. Another performer DJ with a helmet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. again, at least in Clubhouse you're like learning more about his personality you get to talk to the person under the ma- mask, uh, so to speak. But uh, I wonder if that's the same thing as like you could just replace a dead mouse with just put the helmet on someone else. <laughs> I' have thought
2: about this because I've seen I think the only like costumed dj I've actually uh, been to
0: in person was marshmallow. I am familiar with the look of marshmallow not, not any of the music, but yeah,
2: really it uh it could be anybody under that costume. I know I mean, I'd be shocked if there wasn't one instance at one point when the the real guy couldn't make it, right? and someone elses uh, stand-in jumps in and does it. is that not is that is that naive for me to think that Is that silly for me to think that? Am I being... um...
0: I mean, my thought, my brain went to the same exact thing, and you know, I'm just thinking of like expanding. That's that's the difficulty when you're a solo performer. You have to be there, and you you can't do multiple streams of income in one night because it's just you and your show. But like, if you can franchise and have like, like Blue Man. Multiple marshmallows DJing (laughs) at the same time, but they only think it's the real one. Didn't uh, – Tape Face tried to do that too, right? I think that was his approach, is training other Tape Faces. uh, I think so. That looked like him and learned his act. But I think people still wanted to see the one they knew right yeah agt and that's the difficulty when you become a personality it's not just an interchangeable part like a blue man group who can you know they're all talented but they cast specifically to play that role of a blue man and make it interchangeable so that they could have multiple companies and performing around in different locations
2: i think about it all the time when i watch shark tank and someone goes on to pitch something and the sharks go yeah, but it's just not scalable. I'm just right. thinking, geez, nothing could be less scalable than like what we do. And we're just there's one product, and it's you, and you can only mm-hmm. be at one place at a time.
0: Yeah, and it's not like you ha- you're training understudies, you know, and you're you have to do the show regardless <laughs> if you're sick or whatnot. But if something happens to you, then it's just no show, you know, yeah. or you know that's you gotta take a week off to recover, you know, if you have an accident or whatever. So you know that's that's the liability when it's all about a one person performance or you're creating you know around celebrity or or whatever it is Mm -hmm. uh you're right it's not scalable yeah so that's the downside you you gotta scale in other ways you gotta figure out multiple streams of income for other projects that you can do and hopefully some can be passive but all all performing is active uh income it seems
2: what do you think about jesse's thing on merchandise because i would love to have a mind over magic mug
0: uh, yeah mugs t-shirts i'm for i've been pushing this matt i'm for a patreon all this stuff <laughs> we'll see But a mug where we though, get yeah i
2: could we could drink from the mug while we sit here and record the cast maybe it says mind over magic maybe it has like a little cartoon of you and me i don't know
0: yeah i mean we'll have to figure out go back through the archives you know we've got 35 episodes now see if there's any catchphrases that pop up that might be printable on a t-shirt Uh, or just a diddle me this t-shirt could be good or anything like that, you know, (laughs) is this our
2: first episode since ice cream social came out or no,
0: I think it might be. Yeah. Uh, so I know we got a lot of new listeners from our ice cream social appearance and we appreciate you tuning in and all, all new listeners. Thanks for joining us and our past listeners that have been even with us from the beginning. We really, we really, uh, appreciate you tuning in and listening to us and hanging out with us.
2: Yeah, and if you're listening and, and don't and you know and you're not familiar with Ice Cream Social, it's a podcast that we did uh, just a, about a week ago. And a friend of ours, Peshi, who, who enjoys Ice Cream Social, said it was one of the funniest episodes of that show that he has heard in a very long time. So. It might be a nice gateway for you.
0: It was mostly just because they were making fun of how you don't know who Denzel Washington is.
2: (laughs) But I do. I do know who Denzel Washington is. Now you do. (laughs) (laughs) You hadn't seen Coming to America. I want no
0: flack from you. I saw it before I, uh, you know, I filled in that pop culture blind spot before you could make fun of me about that. So,
2: yeah, uh, but you lied to me for a very long time by lie. not telling the whole truth. You made me tell yeah. you the whole story about dressing up in the McDowell's <laughs> thing and ba 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 ba. They wanted me to be the the guy, Randy Watson at first with the sexual chocolate band. I know we talked about all this and you just <laughs> pretended you were, you know, up on all
0: of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just glad that, you know, I, I got to see the performance and, uh, <laughs> and you were none the wiser. Uh, Are you even
2: aware that Eddie Murphy is several characters as well as Arsenio Hall in that movie?
0: Of course. I know. OK. Like I said, I know the pop culture surrounding most of the things I haven't seen. OK. Uh, and I'm actually in the current process of filling another big blind spot uh, with uh, with my socially distanced pod. Of friends here in New York that we get together, we're <laughs> I watching. Thought you were cheating on me
2: for a second. No, no.
0: With my socially
2: distanced pod, I'm like, all right, where's that? Is that on Apple Apple Podcasts? <laughs> where's that one?
0: Spotify no. is my first time hearing about it. <laughs> uh, we're I'm finally started the and we're almost done with season one of The Wire, which is one of those shows that everyone says you need to see The Wire. And I've I, heard of that. I get it now. It, why? It's oh, very, it's good. It's really, really good. <laughs> it's a drama yes yeah 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 on and HBO. how do i see it
2: it's on what hbo
0: oh hbo it's an okay. original hbo show uh like early 2000s and the it's great it's great
2: speaking of hbo have you watched or are you gonna watch i think it's called like fake famous or something like that i just feel like it goes with our theme of something we've talked about over the past few weeks
0: i don't know what that is
2: uh i saw like an ad for it on the today show maybe um yeah, they basically, like, take people and, like, buy them followers and, like, turn them into fake influencers and, like, see how it, aff- like, I think they might even have, like, fake paparazzi follow them around and, like, see how it affects their daily life and stuff. I wow. I might be getting the plot, like, wrong, but it's called Fake Famous and that's, like, kind of the gist. You haven't heard of it?
0: No, but that brings up an interesting point of something I know we've talked off-cast in the past about, um like, people buying followers just to raise their social media presence and stuff and... How I just feel like it's so transparent when that happens. It's like, how does this person get, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of followers? Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, the ethics behind that. And is it a fake it till you make it thing? And it seems like that show's tying into that. For the record, I have never done that, which explains my follower count. <laughs> <laughs> but yours are organic. You you have a lot of followers. So those are I all mean, organic. I mean, really,
2: uh, really neither of us have a lot in the scheme of what social media is. Right. I mean, yeah. it's really absurd. It's like especially with TikTok and so on. I mean, it's uh it's a it's an interesting landscape that I don't necessarily fully understand, but some people really grew up understanding it
0: right exactly it was always part of that world and you know and have an interest in it too It's something that we're learning, you know, social media strategies on how to grow your audience and so forth. But uh, there's definitely people that, you know, they can just do one thing and they get thousands of followers automatically off of that. But a lot of people work on it, and it's something you have to work and build, and, you know, it becomes a full-time job, essentially.
2: I mean, how many people are there that you've never heard of, maybe that neither of us have ever heard of, that have, like, millions of followers? I think the number is very, very high, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think so. Because—
2: they're so. they people are known in such niches now. Like they'll be like famous. Uh... <laughs> That's the funny thing too. Sometimes like the level of expertise is not like necessarily legitimate like someone might not be a chef but they might have millions of followers for being a vegan chef like because they teach you how to cook things at home mm-hmm. or they might have zero uh experience in like dance training yet they make tutorials on how to do like certain dances that are a trend right now and they get right. million and they have millions of followers so
0: well we see it in magic too we in see magic as well I mean, there's I, I definitely know a lot of the YouTubers, so it's not to, to knock on them that, you know, there's there's definitely like the quote celebrity YouTube with millions of su- subscribers. But then you also get the people who just learned a trick from somewhere else and then do a tutorial of it <laughs> to try and teach it, too. So they're not necessarily like, you know, doing it in a more ethically uh, sound way as some of these other guys who are taking you know approach i keep seeing guys it's gender neutral i gotta get better at that uh, but uh yeah. you know guys and gals and uh just people i'll just say people that's the way to do it uh but you know they there's definitely channels that do it in an ethical way and aren't aren't just trying to expose methods for the sake of exposing and it's uh, interesting to see the 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 variety of that
2: well here's an interesting one because we battle sort of ethics and magic all the time with like One person ripping off another same thing in comedy, but it's a whole nother world now with I I, my wife was talking to her friend about it last night, Uh, someone that either one of them or both of them follow who that's like some sort of fashion blogger on Instagram, something like that. And they were talking about how, like, oh, you know, people are sort of turning on this person because they found out they were just copying the exact outfits of some other influencer. Oh, yeah. But you see this all the time with TikTok trends and something. Like, someone will do something really funny. And the one I'm seeing as the end user is probably not even the original. It's someone else doing it. So, like... Where do you where?
0: It's that game ethics? of telephone again. It's uh, it's kind of what we're talking about with memory. Is you're seeing a copy of a copy of a copy, and it kind where's the ethics on that original? I mean, TikTok seems to be designed to do these collabs, so I think that's mm-hmm. part of the nature of it. And it's, yeah. it's you can see it either as like a DJ remixing other things in a new way. But what if it's just a copy? Or if you, or at the worst case scenario, it's, you know, it's an ethically uh, dubious thing when, you know, I, I remember all these like meme generating Instagram accounts that were literally just searching for other people's content and reposting it as if it was their own. And I find that to be... A little bit more dubious because you're not giving credit to the original writer of that tweet or you know the meme generator you know or or that so it's like oh we follow this account because it's so funny it's like no really the funny people are the people creating that that they're stealing from
2: it's tough enough to police in magic so i think when you sign up for it in social media i mean do you just have to accept right off the bat this is going to get ripped off if you're a content creator
0: yeah, and we remember when we talked to Jacob. One of his jokes was like stolen from the e cards, you know. Uh, so right. it's like again not being credited. So ideally, if you're gonna share, at least at least. Credit the writer, like include their handles so that they get some love. Is That's my general strategy, I think. Um, and I think that's why it's o- more OK on like a TikTok duet thing is because at least they're doing it along with the original video. So, you know, where that original video came from a lot mm-hmm. of the time. But yeah, when you're just blatantly copying and like seeing content. In fact, um, should we just come clean, Matt? We, we this whole podcast we're doing is just a copy of another podcast already recorded. This exact same conversation. Yes, uh, you caught us. <laughs> word yeah, for we word. just we
2: missed a couple of things that we were supposed to hit, <laughs> but other than that, it's just a direct ripoff. It's of, a verbatim. Uh, it's it's yeah.
0: another AGT winning mental uh, magician and their mentalist yes friend. No. It's uh,
2: <laughs> Pat and Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Magic over mind with Pat and Derek. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's Derek and Pat just to be. Derek fair. and Pat, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, Derek
2: has top billing. It's fine. Pat's like you know really upset about it, but they they got over it.
0: <laughs> oh man, those are gonna be our 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 now opportune doppelgangers. Whatever we <laughs> we mess something up, or can always blame. Magic Over
2: Mind with Derek and Pat I think might have to be the title here today (laughs) it's definitely a contender
0: I also think that's going to be one of our products on a mug (laughs) (laughs) I think our alter egos are Derek and Pat. I like yeah, it. I think so. I think so. But uh I think we should wrap up for today. Uh we should let everyone know that we again we thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, uh hit us up on the socials at mind magic pod. Email us. Uh we love the the mailbag at Mind Over Magic. Oh, sorry, over magic podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Uh we'll pick from the mailbag, read it on air. We'll uh, you know, keep uh just sign it with how you want us to say your name name uh you know if you want to be anonymous just put it in the the body of the text let us know otherwise we'll just say first names keep uh keep it light and fun uh if you got trivia suggestions or riddle suggestions let us know uh happy to read that as well Uh, guess what yeah
2: there's an easter egg today surprise at the end of the theme song we're gonna do the goals after that
0: Oh, sure. At the end of the theme song. Yeah, because we Easter totally got goals. Uh, we got to blame Derek and Pat for not doing that on their podcast. That's why we're copying. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we're going to hit that theme song, but stick around to the end and hear a little bit bonus. Thanks, Thanks so much everyone. for listening.
2: already know that we achieved our goals. Was yours photo shoot?
0: Yeah. Well, we got to come up with goals for next week. Oh, okay. That's the real thing.
2: Gotcha. What about website wise? Did you do anything on the website?
0: Yeah, we can save that for next week, but uh, I I started contacting website designers, but I nailed the photography goal. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess my goal for next week is just to keep working towards that website. And figuring gotcha. out that. What about you?
1: Uh,
2: well, the goal was to get like eighty percent through the retaking of the new production. I'm not sure I would classify it as eighty percent, but I think we did better than m- my expectations, which is which is great. We're in a really good place, but definitely my continued goals are to nail down an on sale date and an announced date, and uh, be able to make enough progress that we're able to. Uh, stick to that. And in the coming weeks, continue progressing with the magic side of things and figuring out, you know, cause we focused so much on production this past week. So now I need to get into the nitty gritty. This was broad strokes. Now we need to like dive in and be like, okay, yeah. who's doing what, when, mm-hmm. and how do we make this all happen? So dive, dive more into that.
0: Great. Well, good luck with your goals and I'll work on mine and we'll have more to talk about next week. All right,
2: man. Talk to you soon. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye.